Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Bellip Sports and the Bellip Ladies podcast and gentlemen, Network. welcome in. Here's your host. The season finale of the Corner Booth Podcast, Season 10, arguably our best season ever, not only views-wise, but also guests-wise, content-wise. We finally figured out how to go live on Instagram, so it's been a good time. So that being said, uh, we're missing a member of the crew tonight. Mr. Matt is down for the count. My man's fighting the good fight, uh, dealing with um, some pet possibilities so we'll leave him with that <clears throat> him and b are kind of uh in the weeds today so me and chrissy are going to not only read off matt's comments from the show we are also going to um talk about some shit we got coming up during the off season what's next for the corner booth but that's the end of the show the beginning of the show we're talking about i, I chris i guess something happened last night I, I don't know i was kind of like not paying attention i guess something big happened last night mm. Mm, do tell. I, there was an event that came on. I can't put my finger on it, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, that show Tracker on CBS. Oh, shit, dude. I just <laughs> saw that. I just that actually just came on my TV. It, I, I heard just saw it. No, Listen, let's be honest. We all know what happened last night. It was, Swift, it was a Swifty Bowl. Um, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs, first back-to-back champions since the 03 and 04 Patriots. <clears throat> Ironically, both of those killed a Super Bowl for my team. Uh, our, our team, actually. We're both Eagles fans tonight. So, uh, funny enough as it is. Uh, but you know what? Listen, man, Chris, I'm going to open up with this an abstract question, right? Or, no, open question. Your first initial thoughts on the Super Bowl, you basically have to tell, you get home, so nobody watched the game yet, and they're going to watch it later. But you got to give, like, a brief synopsis, like a sentence. What was your initial reaction to that game last night? Um, exactly how I thought it was going to end. Anything else? <laughs> like, no. that, was like two, that was like too perfect. You're just like, exactly how I thought I was going to go. Next. Wait, shit. No, that, that, I need you to talk more. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I knew at some point during the game and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to guarantee it, but it's just like, I'll dive into the, the game a little bit, but 
Brock Purdy looked very skittish. He was very just kind of he was making throws, but he was just going down, just falling right down. He looked like remember when Eli Manning used to used to just fall down. He just had like a dirt. He had like a derpy like face when he would get like knocked out. Uh That's that's exactly what Brock looked like yesterday. It was just like he was just like so scared and so timid. It was just like. The the forty the forty ers just did not look alive outside of like that CMC touchdown. It was just like it was just so so weird. Even like everything about that game was weird. I mean the hype the hype got the hype. You got the forty five seconds worth of screen time. Whoever mm-hmm. came up, whoever you know calculated that, you know you got nothing going on in your life. If you got forty, you figured out there's forty five seconds worth of screen time of Taylor Swift. Um, but dude, it was just. It was such a Kyle Shanahan blown game, and it was just like, oh my god, dude! That was the funniest shit ever seen. And you know what the weirdest thing about all this was, is that I really tried to not like rip on like like I I said this on the Super Bowl show, um, as you so eloquently commented on on Saturday. That either way, us as Eagles fans. We're going to have somebody lose that we don't like. And as petty as that fucking sounds, it's the truth. It is nothing but the truth that the Buccaneers lose and we get with it. I mean, not Buccaneers, Jesus. The 49ers lose. We get this scenario where the Niners, for all the shit they talked all year, arguably had a more dominant team than we did last year and got. And got like literally just, and they lost. And um, you could even blame like a coach trying to choke it away, like we did with Jonathan Gannon. Like they were actually trying. That also being said, you throw in the obvious and somewhat hilarious fact that um, <laughs> Brock Purdy on third down was, I believe, four of 12. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like, Mason Rudolph last year numbers. Like, I don't – I'm trying to quantify that you to, like, let everyone know, like, hey. I got a stat. Um, I think you'll like a lot. And this is how I know the 49ers were so bad yesterday. Between Debo, Kittle, and Ayuk, eight catches for 86 yards. Jeez, Five God. years ago, six years ago, Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl. Nine catches, 84 yards, just for one person. Do you know who that person is? What was it? One, 12 catches for? Nine catches for 84 yards. This is two yards short of Debo, Kittle, and Ayuk's combined. LJ Smith? Nelson Aguilar. Oh, <clears throat> 17. I thought you were talking about 04. No, no. I meant five, six years ago. Like, uh, Eagles, yeah, Eagles, Pats. Um, Nelson Aguilar. Two less yards than three top targets for a top five NFL offense. I mean, the 49ers just looked – they looked dead. Debo – I mean, Debo went to the locker room. Kittle went to the locker room at one point. I mean, Greenlaw – oh, my God, Greenlaw tore his knee jogging onto the field. I mean, dude, like, i just never seen a crash and burn. Was it Greenlaw? It was Greenlaw, right? Yeah, it was Greenlaw. Greenlaw. Yeah, I just, I, I just realized we never went live on Instagram. Oh shit! 
It's okay. I, I, I rectified it. It's only my, our second time going live on Instagram, so we have to like honestly realize, like, hey, this is a process. We're getting better at it. But yeah, not so bad. Oh, so continue about Greenlaw. Like, I was gonna say, like, he's just jogging on the field and just tore his knee. I'm like, dude, just everything about San Francisco, the vibe was just so off. Even though they were putting up points, it wasn't crazy the amount of points, but it just everything is just off. I mean, Shanahan had a good couple play calls, um, but <clears throat> stunk. The, I mean, the defense, the game. I, I didn't like the game a lot. It was just like it was punt, 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 muff, punt, muff, punt, muff, <laughs> fumble, fumble, interception. Like it was just, it was just, uh, it was sloppy. The game was sloppy. It sucked for me betting on it because I, uh, there were so many people on the FanDuel server at one point that you couldn't even withdraw money. Yeah. Um. Well, this is why I don't use Scandal. Um, I only yeah. use DraftKings. It was uh, official sponsor <clears throat> Yeah, no, but like it was so funny because there was a couple of times like I tried to pull off, and also I swear they do that shit on purpose with FanDuel because they do that Gronk kick every year, and it's just like I forgot about that too. Until yeah, I like I was like, do I log back in and reauthenticate my? Uh, Reauthenticate my account. Like I was really thinking about this. I'm like, do I want to do this now? Like, just for a shot at a free one dollar bet. Like, some of the commercials were, you know, they weren't they weren't really that good. But I saw one. It was just like, it was just like a dude just rubbing on some feet, and it was just like, oh Jesus. I, I, it was it was for like it was for like the whole like Jesus and like yeah. I just didn't expect like, that during this thing. You know that was such a that was such a bad time to throw that up there too. Yeah. It was just like I, oh. I've, I've seen worse, uh, a la Kendall Jenner Pepsi commercial. Yeah, my favorite's probably Danny DeVito and that M and M's. Yeah, a little bit where he just gets like thrown. I think NFL Sunday Ticket had the best one with the migrating birds. Yeah, yeah, huh? Uh, that was that was absolutely excellent. I, I was like, oh. This is quite funny. I I am enjoying this right now. What the dunk things with like it was like Tom Brady, Ben Affleck, and Matt. Oh my Beasley. god, I, think I was I was just laughing because of the ridiculous tracksuits. I could give two shits about the actual content of that commercial. Oh my god, dude. Dunk Kings. What a what an ad. I don't know. Um I just past couple years with end up like Super Bowl commercials, I feel like just haven't been haven't been really that hyped. Um they used to be amazing. Yeah, no, it's what I'm loving is that um, it was, you know, I thought the commercial was going to be so much worse. They played it so safe, regardless of which way you lean. Like, it could have been <clears throat> safe if you're conservative, left-leaning, sports fan, Swifty, whatever. They played it so far in the middle that there was only like a couple of commercials. So I was able to go outside and smoke a cigar with my boys. I didn't miss shit. Yeah. Well, I saw um... – also thought something else was funny was like not to be like political or whatever, but I just saw Joe Biden tweet just like a picture of like him with like laser eyes, right? Yeah, after he, I like, he drew it up, and it's like, what the fuck? I, I could care less. I'm just like, whatever. what a tweet! What a tweet, though, right after like the game just ends, and then like he had you know what he had this tweet like typed for like this whole second half, and he's like, oh my god. I cannot wait to tweet this. Then it goes to overtime. He has to wait a little bit longer. You know, older people like to get to bed early. Like he yeah. probably like, 
he'd probably be like, oh, shit, like, <clears throat> I got to stay up past 9.30 to tweet this. Oh, I know. And I think the worst part about <clears throat> about that part, like, the commercial, like, this is also the best, but the well, worst part is, like, there's nothing memorable except, like, even the <clears throat> even the movie trailers were just teasers. They were two seconds, and I'm just like, I was promised. I remember, I think they tweeted it out Sunday. It was like, yeah, we're supposed to get like nine or ten different trailers. I'm like, oh, sick. yeah, four, and they're all teasers. But I mean, like, yeah, I, got, I got people text me, "Did you see this trailer yet?" I'm like, "You mean the teaser?" Well, they said, "Oh, available online now." It's like, great. I, well, I also understand why they do it because you get the added view to the website or to the YouTube videos. So you're making money regardless. So you're making your money back for a TV spot. It's also cheaper. It's all about economics because now Super Bowl ads are what three thousand, like five hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars for that, like thirty seconds. I understand I why they do it, <clears throat> dude. I would kill for a belly up ad in the Super like a forty-one Bowl. for thirty seconds, and it's just like yeah. we just gotta act, act like absolute assholes. Yeah, it's just like all right, we're just screaming at each other about football picks. And then, like, the camera just pans to, like, someone belly up sports. And then it's just we have a little slogan on the bottom. That shit's just too funny to me. But <clears throat> either way, talk about the game a little bit. So I, I said this this morning. Like, you can't actually say that. Like, last year, like, the with the Bradbury call, like, there was actual, like, you know. Oh, this shit's rigged. Whatever, right? Not, not this time. Th this was actually like a very <clears throat> everything kind of happened on point. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, look at so okay. The Niners just fail. Okay, there were three points I made. I wrote down like four points last night. So let's start with this one, right? I said the Niners got to stop playing with their food. My reasoning was if the Niners did not, they got up 10 nothing, and then didn't do shit until the fourth quarter. Or late third, early fourth, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, until the back third of the game didn't do shit. And then you add that with, hey, um, I'm like not, you know, I'm looking to see like, hey, what's going on? Like, you know. They are they going to get actually like do like less conservative like more on time play calling right? But instead, no, everything's very conservative. They're bending the run, and I go back to what I said on the Super Bowl show on Saturday, where teams are so concerned, and I call this the Brady Belichick Patriots effect. They're so concerned with hey, I have to make sure I stay on whatever they're doing instead of sticking to our game plan. A la the Ravens, who like forgot to run the football. You have the <clears throat> Dolphins who stopped running the ball. And then you have the Bills who had like the most unbalanced, uneven game plan of all time. So when you're so concerned about what the other team is doing, how are you gonna do what you're gonna do? And in this case, <clears throat> the um the Niners just weren't being aggressive. Yes, the Chiefs defense played incredible, but there was no ability for creative play calling. Everything was just very like, oh, I guess this isn't going to work. Oh, we're going to punt again. There was no risk-taking. <clears throat> you never 
are going to beat a team like Mahomes, a team with a team with Brady or a team with Belt Manning, with Rodgers, with any of these like all-time quarterbacks. If you don't get aggressive and take a shot, what did Philadelphia do in 2018? They got aggressive. They took a shot, right? What did the Giants do? They got aggressive and took a shot twice, right? That's how you beat Bill and Tom in the playoffs. That's how you beat Ant. What did the Buccaneers do? The Buccaneers just absolutely bum-rushed Patrick Mahomes and got aggressive when they beat Mahomes, right? What did the Bengals do? Same fucking thing. The only way you will beat this team is if you get aggressive and you get after them. And you understand you take the fight to them. The second you make them fight you on their terms, you're done. So that was the second one. The third one was, holy fuck, holy fuck, they're kicking a field goal. They're screwed. My my reason was, at some point, they're going to have to give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. Would you rather them have a seven-point lead or a three-point lead? And the second they missed that third down and I saw Jake Moody come out, I'm like, well, Chiefs, Super Bowl champs. There was a couple seconds where I thought, you know, maybe the um, the 49ers would, like, get back and, like, get a sack and make a stop, right? And it just seems like every time they just were able to get just enough, just move quick enough, right? So now I'm sitting there, and then I said – they're moving the ball too fast. They're, the, the Niners look shot. That was my last point. Mahomes, when he needed... I think this shit whistle. Mahomes, when he needed to get something done, when he needed to, like, you know, make a stop and get after him, he did. And at the end of the day, they're the Super Bowl champs. He's a top three all-time quarterback. Top five, top ten, whatever. He, he's in top something, right? He's there. Fastest quarterback to make the top ten list of all time, right? He retires today. He's a Hall of Famer. How old is Patrick Mahomes? He's got to be 20. He's literally so 18 days older than me or whatever it is. 28. He's going to be 29 in September. Oh, no. So I am a little older than him. I'm like six months older than him. That's just, that's uh, just so crazy. I mean, he, we were literally watching what New England did for twenty years, and they just flipped over and said, "Hey, here's the keys, Kansas City. This is the winning formula, and then we're going to get twenty years of Patrick Mahomes." So we are getting two dynasties. Here's the beautiful thing, though. This is my one point I want to make before we move on from that, I'll, and then I will start. We'll, we'll go. We'll go back to dynasty in a second. What do you make of my points? What did you think about? Was I was I close? Was I kind of on the ball? I, there? I really like. I really like the point where you're like, if you want to beat this team, like you got to be aggressive. I mean, you said it yourself. I mean, the Bucks Bucks rushed a house on this dude. I mean, they can't. I mean, San Francisco did get some guys on them, but there was a point in the game where it was like he was just untouchable. I mean, every play call, he was just he was rushes for 10, 15 yards. Um, he's got. He's running a – I don't know if it's not really a screen. The screens didn't really work as well. But um, the play calls were just 
it was so smart. It was just like a lot of every little ticky tacky move that Mahomes made from the end of the third quarter on to overtime was just flawless. It was just great. And they, you know, they, they lost their footing. And the funniest thing I found, found out about that game was I think Kyle Shanahan was like, yeah, our, our team didn't really know the overtime rules in a playoff situation. I didn't even bring that up yet. Like, and then the Chiefs, I don't know who said it on the Chiefs, but it's like, we go over this every Chris week. Jones. Chris Jones, we go over this every week, um, preparing for a situation like this if it, if it does happen. By the way, in overtime, it wouldn't really matter anyway because they kicked the field goal. So either way, I mean, the Chiefs are going to get the ball back. Um, and the Chiefs got the ball back and scored a touchdown. The smartest, the, the highest IQ play – I've seen in that entire game was the very last play in overtime when they scored a touchdown going thinking because we all, I mean, I'm sure you thought that we were going to go to, you know, second quarter of OT, but they did exactly what they did to us last year. They brought them in. They brought, I don't know who, I don't know who caught the ball. I think it was Scanling. Or, it was, it, no, it was Hardman. Hardman. They brought Hardman in thinking that he's going to, he's going to, be a blocker. They run him back out. He's wide open. I mean, they did it twice with Darius Tony last year. I mean, that was oh, one Tony and Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Sorry, that was picture perfect. It was just like you catch him something like that. It's just you know what I mean. It's like I mean, you said it, man. Like you got to be aggressive. They had his number the, mm-hmm. almost the yeah. entire game. I mean, not the, almost the entire game from all the way up to the end of the third. And other than that, I mean, they just haven't. Haven't touched the service with him. And I'm fucking done with Kyle Shannon. I don't like Kyle Shannon. I never did. But I'm just done with him. It's just He's the captain of excuses. Well, I mean, we didn't have a quarterback against the Eagles. Well, we didn't really know the overtime rule. Listen, I mean, look, they might have made that a lot closer if they had a QB, but it was, they, we were just hell bad. But we, we were a powerhouse last year. But we didn't we didn't know the overtime rule. It's just a bunch of excuses. Like, dude, just hold. Take your fucking loss on the chin, man. I mean, you, you as a coach, you've blown three leads. Yeah. 10 plus. I mean, you don't have an excuse. I'm just like, where's your legacy? Like, that's not, this is your legacy, buddy. Like, this is, this is exactly what, oh, what's up, Rob? Um, Our favorite Chiefs fan. Congratulations, sir. Back to back titles. Thank you for the hilariousness of watching the 49ers just crash and burn. Um, Rob, I, I know you're just joining us now, but, um, I said before the second they kicked that field goal, I'm like, yeah, Patrick's winning this. It's the Brady effect. It's over. Just, just get, I was, I was like starting to pack my shit up. I was like subtly doing it so nobody noticed, but I was like, th- it was like that feeling I got when the Falcons turned the ball over this first time. I was like, mm-hmm. I, um, I've seen this song and dance before I knew exactly what was happening, but congrats mm-hmm. on your chiefs, Rob. Uh, that's our boy, Rob Taylor. Um, giant Kansas City Chiefs fan. Uh, I got part, part of our craft brew sports uh, family mem- uh, members there. <laughs> I got a uh, my one of my barbers that used to cut my hair. He's from Kansas City, and he's just he's KC'd out. Uh, he's just sending me videos of him just smoking a cigar, drinking some bourbon, dude. He's got his KC hat and jersey on. I'm like, that's just that's the life, dude. I'm just like, I wish we were blessed with. A generational player like Mahomes. I mean, I love. I mean, we got something close. I mean, listen, he has the potential to be something close. 
I hope you know. I'm, I don't, he will never catch Mahomes. Mahomes is that our generation's break. Yeah, but no, you're right. Our generation's Peyton or Big Ben is still there. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, hopefully he can fill in those shoes. We'll see what happens next year, given. But tonight, been there, been there dude. 2017, I blew through like six hundred dollars. Tonight it was well. Yesterday night was just. It was just good. I was just um. I wasn't really mad when the Chiefs won. It was like I didn't really. It still hasn't hit me that the Chiefs won. I just feel like I they was, just. I kind of was like, ah, this. The second they beat Baltimore, I'm like, this really could happen. Like the team that I actually had faith in was the Baltimore Ravens or the Detroit Lions. But the second neither of those teams, I'm like, no. I knew Buffalo. I knew Buffalo was gonna fuck it up. <laughs> Buffalo, I just I, we all did, dude. I was like, I I cannot stand Buffalo. It's just like they're another team. They're a bunch of excuses, but all right, all right. I mean, Mahomes. All right, all right. he's on that track. All right, all right, let's calm down a little bit, okay? Like, let's 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 breathe a little bit. It's still Brady. Mahomes ain't LeBron. Mahomes is more Kobe. Because unlike is. Mahomes doesn't need like a all time like like multiple all time players to beat somebody. Yes, Travis Travis Kelsey is arguably the greatest tight end of all time, but in football you need like six amazing players to win a title. Chris Jones, yeah, just and then you have a bunch of amazing but not incredible players. So that's why it's even better. They have one of the best coaches of all time, Andy Reid. I think he's number two still. I mean, no, he's up to number two. I put him ahead of Bill Walsh now, Landry, um, Don Shula. The only one who's chasing is, you know, uh, old Billy boy. But that being said, one thing I did notice uh, yesterday, and it was very interesting, is the lat like they were talking the entire time about the discipline, right, of the Niners, the discipline of the, like, but when it came down to crunch time, man, Kermit the Frog was running free. And I just keep seeing that family guy being ah, running away. And it's mm-hmm. like you couldn't tackle him. And and yes, okay, Rob, you do have an amazing cornerback too. I will get Sneed. And if you I said this to my buddy the other day, I'm like, if you tell me Ladarius Sneed six years ago when he got drafted was gonna be a top 10 cornerback. McDuffie, I kind of I watched listen, I watched enough tape of McDuffie during the draft special and stuff. I knew this kid was gonna be a good corner. I didn't think he was gonna be this good, but I thought he was gonna be good. So, you know. Excellent defensive back play is going to win you a lot of games. Uh, it got us to Super Bowl last year. My favorite part about this all was it always seemed on that last drive where it just it, something else kicked in for Patrick. And also, the Niners, to me, you saw the Chiefs' defense was so disciplined when it actually mattered. When the game, when they they made Brock Purdy work for everything, there were a couple of throws he got off, and it was great. But like Rob said, those all those amazing like defensive backs, you know, he's talking about Sneed and McGoat. All right, let's, let's relax. McDuffie's good though. Um, one of my favorite things is that it always seemed like Debo was somebody who's up his up his fucking hip pocket. It always seemed like Kittle was just double covered. McCaffrey was running through traffic. The only guy who was getting open was Jennings. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally use check or a swing pass to McCaffrey. But their two best weapons, Ayuk and um, Samuel, just didn't matter. 
and Kittle couldn't get open either. And it was it was really interesting because just the game plan was flawless from Spags. And so, like during their losing streak, when those some of those players weren't available, you saw Purdy not he wasn't as bad as he was during that winning streak, but like this was an average performance. Yeah, I'm he, not gonna blame him. It wasn't his fault. He played good enough to win the game. So I will not blame him for the loss. Because Kyle Shanahan should have known. I would have rather Kyle Shanahan go for go for it on fourth down and get it and turn or, or not even get it and really turn the ball over because he knows Mahomes ain't losing if you give him the ball back with only a three-point lead. If he can only tie, you have a shot. Because having to score a touchdown is a lot harder on the drive than, oh, we got the field goal as a backup. So, Shannon's play calling is the first thing to blame. His overtime management, second thing to blame. Third thing I'm going to blame is the turf, because Dre Greenlaw being out really hurt them. Just kidding. Um... There was just a lot of miscommunications in that secondary. Brock Purdy comes in at fourth, man. He does. And then maybe I throw in some of the offensive linemen. I'm not. Purdy wasn't great. But you know who's sixth on this list is McCaffrey for fumbling. Like, like this list is very shallow. The, the Niners played a good game. What, am I going to blame the dude's cleat for hitting the football? Like, shit. Like. There's not a lot of blame to be thrown around that's not Kyle Shanahan's. So I'll finish with this, and then I'll let you kind of come in here before we start goofing and laughing and making jokes and start making really outlandish predictions for next year. Because I feel like we're too serious right now, even though it is a, a Monday show. Um, that's That's your ceiling, Niners fans. That is. I mean, you play you play a less lucky team like – you play the Ravens, you might beat them. You play the Bills, you're probably beating them. Not much else. True. Bad special teams. Listen, the Chiefs weren't the better team. They were not, by any stretch. But they were the team that executed. They were the team with the better quarterback. They were the team with the better tight end. They were the team with the better secondary. They were the team. They, if you look on the check boxes, right? So we'll go down this list, Chris. You and me will do this together really fast. Mm. Quarterback, Chiefs, running back, Niners, wide receivers, Niners, Niners. tight end, Chiefs, close though. Offensive line, Niners. But let's start talking about it. Defensive line, as close to a tie as possible because Karloftis and Jones were almost more effective than Kinlaw and Chase Young. Yes, you have Nick Bosa, but like he's in his own other little stratosphere. It's very close. Linebackers, closer than you think, but Fred Warner, when it was Fred Warner and Kinlaw, it was like not, I mean, Fred Warner and Greenlaw wasn't even close. But once it went to Fred Warner and insert backup here, it became basically a draw. Secondary, the widest margin possible because Tredarius Warren looked useless last night. He did. And as Rob can tell you, Yes, the O-line of the Chiefs would be better, obviously. But, as Rob will tell you, Ward was an average corner when he was in KC. I'll make it up. I think he played, he played KC, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a previous team. 
Yeah. So that being said, that's a lot closer. If I was going to rank a percentage points besides running back, which is closer than people want to give credit for, the only place that the Niners blew them out was receiver. And I'd say they should, I guess, linebacker at first. But positionally, it wasn't that far of a separation. And special teams, they killed them. Because I'd take Butker over Moody any day. And I'd take, um, I can't remember their punter's name right now, over the Niners punter. And coaching and Townsend. Townsend, yeah, Tommy Townsend. I'd take him over whoever the Niners have punting right now. So well, That's what they said on the broadcast yesterday. They were talking about how the special teams at KC just really outweighed San Francisco. Yeah. Pretty heavy. And, and here's the thing. San Francisco, here's why Tredavious Ward was good. Any cornerback can be good when the opposing team only has three seconds to get rid of the damn ball. Ask James Bradbury. So, that being said, I think Ward is a good player. Do I think he's an elite corner? No. I think he's a good corner. If they still had their safety, whose name is I cannot pronounce, oh my God, they'd be, they, might, they might have actually won. But here's the problem. At the end of the day, the Chiefs were the more t- had the more talent, like had the better superstar players to make the superstar plays. They were much better coached, and that was the difference. They caught a couple lucky breaks, but so did the fucking Niners. So let's not act like the Chiefs were like the like it was like honestly the sports books they were talking about this this morning on three different shows. The last one was McAfee's, who like generally is kind of leaning towards the NFL and they make fun of the NFL's rig committee a lot. But they made a point. The sports books kind of needed San Fran to win because there was so much money put on Kansas City. I mean, like that just tells me everything here. So even though um Connecticut was very heavy on the Chiefs, which was interesting to me, but I don't know. I uh, I kind of like how uh, how this is rolling. But final thoughts of the Super Bowl before we start going into what's next next season. Start talking about the corner booth, season eleven, the off season shows, everything else. Um, no, I mean I just want to give uh, I guess congrats to Andy Reid once again for winning another Super Bowl. I always root for Andy. Uh, his tenure in Philadelphia was very long. So I always got a love for Andy. Always got a lot of love for him. Um, oh, we did not talk about um, Travis Kelsey bull rushed him. Oh, I know. And AJ Brown's tweet was on point. Yeah, he's like, he "Well, was that like, was me." Yo, I, I do this league. shit. I'm getting thrown out of the league. Yeah, you see what Tyreek Hill said? I didn't he see like, Tyreek. He retweeted it. He was like, "He's like, yeah, I'm not." I didn't want to be the one to say it, but yeah, he's got a point. It's because uh, it's because the Philly media is, I guess, more. I don't want to say more impactful, but more you know paid attention to than. Well, this was national media. media. I mean, it's only been one yeah. day, but here here's the kicker, right? Like, as much as I love Trav, I think Trav's. I, I love Trav's energy. He can be annoying as fuck at times and drive me crazy. But I love his energy. I also like. I kind of. I, I kind of. I was kind of. Kind of nice to see him and Taylor. I was like, oh, that's kind of sweet, man. That's what I was saying, dude. I that was like, warmed my ice cold heart up a little bit. That also being said, I mean, he ain't wrong. Fuck Philly media to the day I die. 
Y'all got to earn my respect back. Y'all a bunch of menaces this year, and not in a good way. Y'all, y'all were just awful. So, F Philly media, disrespectfully, you're almost as bad as New York and Boston now, you assholes. You're, you're trying to ruin a great football team. Um, somebody asked me, I was like, hey, you didn't talk about Hassan Reddick today? I'm like, we knew we were going to lose him. We're getting at least we're getting money for him. We're going to get compensation for him now. Yeah, we're he's going to commit a twenty nine a twenty nine million dollar contract. We're not going to fucking pay that. Yeah, we got to pay. We got to pay Schmitty and uh, Dickerson. Land Dickerson. Yeah, yeah. And oh, by the way, there's pass rushers we can get. Vic Fangio can, made Randy Gregory a Pro Bowler at one point. So let's yeah, remember that. Also, we got to go draft like safety corner. Like, our defense is going to need an overhaul. Hey, we load up on enough draft picks. We get good in free agency. The offense is basically good to go. I think we should – the only thing we have to worry about is Swift, but, I mean, we'll see what he gets in free agency. But, yeah, no, the Riddick thing does not bother me. I was – I did not care. I was like, you know what? Listen, I love Hassan Riddick. I got to watch him play in college. He was phenomenal then. He's phenomenal now. Who knows? This might be a Slay thing where he's a free agent for 20 seconds and he signs back with Philadelphia. Yeah, that was he's a, he's a he's a Philly boy through and through. That being said, I mean, listen, if somebody offers him a ridiculous contract, the biggest key for the Eagles is to get Slater's structure, to get Coxter's structure, um, and to uh, cut Bradbury, and then bring Jason Kelsey back on a deal. Hey, let's go win a Super Bowl so you can have at least two. Like today, McAfee was like saying, "Hey, I don't know, maybe uh, Kelsey goes to the Chiefs, takes a friendly." No, like, listen. First of all, I think Kylie would divorce him at that point. Because she's a diehard Eagles fan. Two, Jason loves the city of Philadelphia too much. Jason loves Philadelphia more than I do. And I love that city. I love Philadelphia. I hate love everything about it except for the goddamn media and their bullshit politics. But I love everything. Every time I go to Philadelphia, I just feel better. I love that city. Um, I'm actually hopefully going to go down there this summer for a week and maybe go see Chrissy Boy. I'll be here. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll take a corner booth family vacation. Me and I kidnap Maddie. We go down for the weekend to go get drunk on this. All right. That being said, right, Jason Kelsey would never leave Philadelphia. He's going to be an eagle or he's going to retire. There's no in between. That also being said, Chris, any thoughts on the Reddick deal before we get moving on to uh, some bigger, better things? Um, No. Kind of bittersweet. It sucks we didn't win the bowl back in 2022. But, I mean, again, like you said, we we can't we can't pay him. Like there's other there's other positions we need to fill in. I mean his at his position it can be easily his shoes cannot be cannot be easily filled. But um, I have a lot of faith in Nolan Smith. I think he's going to be great. Um, but yeah, we'll see we'll see what happens in March. I think that's when free agency opens. Yeah, and drafts in April. So we'll see how the ball's rolling after those two months. So there you um, go. So I got. All right. Uh, second of all, the Salvatore hat transition for our dog Caesar. By the way, if you haven't checked out these hats yet, they are on our Instagram page. The um, tagged post. I don't know if it's on our Facebook. Our Facebook is kind of wonky. That being said, uh, shout out to Mikey B and the boys. They go live tomorrow. Um, my condolences to Scott. Uh, that being said, Got to throw some love to Caesar and the boys. So, Chris, we're going to do three things before we go into the final send-offs for the year, right? First thing we're going to do is we are going to do uh, – I am going to reveal to you, Christopher, my 
five teams from each conference that could win the Super Bowl next year. Mm. I have five from each conference. Now, some of them, it's barely five, but there are five. I did a top ten. I'm not going to rank them in order. I'm just going to say five from each conference that go. Two, I'm going to tell you the teams that are going to fall off next year and the teams that are going to rise up. Remember, I shoot pretty good on this. I've called the line. I called the Seahawks last year, the Lions this year. I told you the Seahawks were going to fall off with Russ, but rise without him. I told you the Broncos were going to be terrible. So that being said, we're going to start now. So the number one team that I believe is going to be the contender in the AFC. Yeah, no shocker. The team just won the damn thing. Chiefs. Two, the Baltimore Ravens. Listen, I don't care. I don't care they didn't run the football. This is still one of the most talented rosters in the league. Number three, Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, the Bengals are going to be back with a damn vengeance. The NFC, the AFC North is going to be loaded next year at the top. Steelers are still booty cheeks. And fourth, the, wait for it, Las Vegas Raiders. I think, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. They're going to be a playoff team, but they're not going to win the, they're not going to even come close to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Four is the Miami Dolphins. Now, I want to see what they do. Is their defense going to be good without Vic Fangio? But I think the Buffalo Bills window closed. I can see that. And last but not least, by the way, it's a tie between the Dolphins and Jets, by the way. It all depends on what the Jets do. It it depends. That is going to be decided, Chris, who wins the offseason. Do they get blocking for Rodgers? Do they get better weapons? Do they get rid of Nate Hackett, whatever, or they get guys around them? And the last but not least, Houston Texans. I believe the Houston Texans could be the 2017 Eagles next year and just run away with no quarterback injury. Or the or the 2019 Chiefs. Okay? So there you go. Stroud boys. There you go. Stroud boys. All right. Now for the NFC. We're going to go in reverse order now. So. Number five is the Dallas Cowboys. You can never count them out. I don't care what you say. As long as Jerry is running that shit show, they will always have a shot at winning a chip. Number four. We have the NFC South. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, was that a heart attack? Oh. Ah, gotcha. The All South. Right. NFC oh, South. All right. All right. We're back to reality now. So. Number four, Detroit Lions. Gotta love the damn Lions, man. They are something. Actually, no, sorry, they're three. But still, the Lions. Like, the Lions are my number three team in this bubble. They are amazing. They are awesome. They can score points at will. Um, Number, this would be number four then. Number four is... I don't want to yeah. do it. I don't want to do it, man, but I know I got to. Yo, I haven't seen this dude in a long time. Shout out to my dogs at Unbearable Sports. By the way, best Bears podcast around. Hands down. I'm curious. By the way, 
No, they're on. Listen, they are an honorable mention. I think they are going to be that sneaky wild card team if they do what I think they should do. It is not draft Caleb Williams, but I am curious. What is your position on Caleb Williams? We're gonna hear in a second from Unbearable Sports. By the way, awesome Bears podcast. Former belly up, form former belly up uh, cronies like us. So number three, and this is number four, is the Los Angeles Rams. I like the Rams. One last hurrah. For Donald Stafford. I'm telling you right now, Puka, Cup, Kyron Williams, they go get another player in the draft. They keep loading up that defense. And, and Les Snead just making, like, gold out of shit, man. He fucking turns these fourth-round draft picks into fucking superstars. And let, let's we all know who number two, one and two are, okay? There's, there's no doubt in my mind. There's no question. The, the only reason these guys are number two is because I want to see what they do in the offseason. That is me and Christopher's beloved Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Howie, I know what you want to do, and you should do it. Jeffrey, just keep just write him a blank check. Um, the Eagles started listening to reason once the clock hit 2023, and it was back to reality. Uh, 2024, I mean. 2023 was a dark year for Eagles fans. I think we lost more games, or we were 500 team in 2023. No, no, we were. We only lost. Close though. Either way, um, 2023 started with us uh, having to watch Gardner Minshew throw, blow an easy win against the uh, the Saints. So there's that. Anyway, number one is San Francisco 49ers. I do not think the San Francisco is going. I think. It's more likely if Philadelphia is a good offseason, it's the Phillies, Phillies number one, and Detroit's two. The Niners, to me, are in this weird, precarious situation that Philly was in last year. Yeah, they have a great line, but they're, they also have a lot of key free agents. They got to pay a lot of dues, and they're going to want to lock up Purdy before contract year. They also have a very highly paid running back, highly paid receivers, and tight end. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they got to pay some corners. They got to pay safety. So that being said, all right, the Niners are in a very precarious spot. If they handle correctly, they're the number one team in the NFC going into next year. So a combination of those five teams will be in the top. Will be in the Super Bowl. Can I well, ask? Can I? Can I fill in for one that I don't think will be in the Super Bowl, but I think will be, I think up there, the Packers. Yeah, honestly, they almost made my top five. Yeah, they um the only they, reason I didn't put them in there is because I trust Stafford more. Yeah, it's true. I, I remember talking at the beginning of the year. We were just asking if they'd be a playoff team. I was all over the Rams. I were like, oh yeah, they suck it. They're old and you know, Stafford's hurt. And I'm like, yeah, well. Um I, I think it was the only thing I hit on was this year that the Rams would be a playoff team. Okay. I mean my only thing is like, and also by the way, and my boy from Unbearable um, Sports just said straight up, like he thinks Caleb Williams. I think it's the dumbest move ever. I think the Bears will be a top, will be a playoff team this year with Justin Fields. They just got. I I'd rather have Fields man. Caleb I, is. I don't. Caleb, there's he bugs me, man. There's something wrong. Like everything's telling me this is gonna go bad. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. It's it's. I just don't. Also, the quarterback guru himself, Merrill Hodge. Who I, I, Merrill Hodge, when he says something about a quarterback, I'm like, 
Yes, sir. No questions. He's right. Bugs me a little. Scares me a little bit. And 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 Brad from Unbearable is right. I think it's Brad. If it's not Brad, yeah. I'm gonna hold the front because I talked to this Caleb, guy. Picking Caleb would be unbearable. There you go. I'm not. I'm not gonna do. Uh, you know, I'm gonna do it for for season finale's sake. You had to do it one more time. You had to do it for one more time, right? So yeah, I know. So here's the thing. I'm telling you this right now. One of those five teams is going to be in, but I think the Bears, if they keep Caleb Williams, they don't draft Caleb Williams. So I think the best quarterback in this draft class is Drake May. But I get yelled at for it. So I'm like, I watched way too much Drake May for the past three years. I know exactly what that kid's capable of. All right, so here are my here are my two teams in each conference that are going to fall off or fall up or no rise up whatever. Speaking of rise up, first team's the Atlanta Falcons. I like the culture change of oh my god, they've got a coach who isn't allergic to offense, um because yeah he doesn't coach it. Raheem Morris has to do one thing, one thing only: coach defense and lead men. Let the let the OC do it for him. They're going to be better. I have a real strong theory that uh, I think Sean Alexander said it best. Russell, Will- watch Russell Wilson get cut or get traded to Atlanta if they can't get Curdy. Mm-hmm. The other thinking, team, the yeah, other team, right? Yeah, I know, right? I, I thought I didn't think it was a bad idea. The other team, the NFC, the thing is going to rise up like crazy. Is uh. Uh, is a team that missed the playoffs this past year. And I think they're just going to be a thorn in a lot of people's sides. I hate fucking say it. I think. Because I'm still pissed about what happened this year. I I think, I think we kind of. Might get a little Viking redemption, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Fuck with you. I'm fucking with you. No, the, the team that I think is going to make an actual run and be a real thorn in a lot of people's sides is the Bears. It's Bears. Bears. It's unbearable. Bears. Uh, I can't I can't do it. No, no, you know what? No, no. The only team that's gonna really like rise from nothing is gonna be the Falcons. I think. I think the Bears are going to be a great surprise team. I think they're going to get down to the final week of the season to be in this thing. But, yeah, so you know what? There it is. They're going to be a lot better. But, Brad, I'm sorry. I forgot your name temporarily. I was like, bearable. Brad, bearable, Brad. It's like the Bears are like, I think, are going to be that other team. But I still think they're going to be a 9-8 and roster. They're not there yet. And Fields, they can – if Fields, he's got to prove it to me as a passer. If they get Caleb Williams, this is out the window. That's my that's my correlation. If they get Caleb Williams, they got a top five pick for the next two years. Because I think this kid's a head case. AFC, where this is going to be a lot easier. I already said one of them. The goddamn Las Vegas Raiders. This team has a swagger. And they hit people so fucking hard. They're physical and they play the right way. They just need a quarterback who's not Aiden O'Connell, who looks like an insurance agent. <laughs> Jesus. 
Okay, he looks like an insurance agent. Yeah, he does. I don't even he think looks about like that kid who gets picked out of college who has a finance degree but did not do shit with it. Um, and the other team out of the AFC that I think is really going to have like this, just they're going to come back swinging. Is uh, it's the Bengals, man. I talked about it already. This is kind of a layup because they have you know, but like you get Burrow back. Yeah. I think because this is the other reason is I'm going to lead to my next reason. For two, the four teams are going to fall off in each conference. Uh, AFC will go um, number one, Steelers. Arthur Smith was a bad idea. I don't care who come, walks through that door. Ain't fixing that locker room. Ain't fixing that team. They were luckily finding their way to a fi- over 500 season of playoff berth. They were the worst above 500 team of all of them. And... The next team that is going to fall off miserably, Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, oh, you know, it's my team. If I wasn't an Eagles fan, dude, I'd be, uh, well, listen, I'm, I'm listen, listen. Jag off straight. I don't think they're going to be like a boat, like six, like three and 13, three and six, 14, but they're going to be like a seven, a seven win team. Dude, when I'm waiting for the day where whoever's commentating the game is just like the AFC runs through Jacksonville, that's going to be the greatest. It's not going to happen. They had their one year. They had their two years to do it. It's going to be the greatest day of my life when they say AFC runs through Jacksonville. I thought when Jalen Hurts raises the Lombardi trophy, he's going to be the greatest. Well, no, okay. Well, that's number one, obviously. But, like, number two, like, that would just be hilarious. Like, AFC runs through Jacksonville. It's just all these people and, like, Bathing suits, tank tops, jumping in the pools and shit. They had a two-year window. They had a two-year window. Dude, Jags Jags are not dead, dude. I don't care what anyone says. C.J. Stroud. Will Levis. Anthony Richardson. Okay? Like, and you have... Lawrence. Overrated. Could be true. That's pretty true. All right. <laughs> NFC teams that are falling off. Um, this one's going to be easy. Um, I Can think I guess one. Yeah, go, go, go. Fox. Mike Evans is gone. Yes, but barely. Okay. I think it, it's like how I'm barely putting the Bears in the team that's rising up and it's going to be better. I'm barely. I think the Bucs are going to be a seven-win team again, but I think the Falcons win this division at ten and seven. Yeah, that's why I'm picking the Bucs. That's yeah. why I was saying. The I don't. I think the Bucs are still like a second-place team because Carolina's two easy wins and the Saints are chasing their own tail. That's Literally, so bad. <laughs> they look like me and Chris trying to do a like calculus. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> That that'd be content worthy. Put us in yeah. a room. Make us say, <laughs> take take the SAT. What does the squiggle mean? Oh my god! I wouldn't even. Ugh. Oh my god! All right. Want well, to take a guess who the other one is? See if you get it. Um. Um. Let me hold on one second. Let me think. Let me think. He's got to remember what teams are in that. Conference. All right. I gotta think who's in. Okay. I gotta think who's in where. Um. All right. I want to say is it an NFC North team. No. Hmm. 
NFC West. Is it the Sea the Seahawks again? The Sea Chickens again? Um, I think they are going to make a big mistake. They're going to let Gino go. Oh, I okay. Gino, I think Gino Smith is going to lead a team to the playoffs. I don't know which team. Vikings. Could it be, could it be the Falcons? Could it could be, be the Vikings? The I'm waiting for the Falcons to just get a quarterback. I'm just like, listen. Everyone's talking about. They're talking about like, like Gino's only got like a year left on his deal, and everyone's talking about getting rid of Gino. If they get rid of Gino, they're falling off. I think Gino's the culture fit there. His story. He's a leader, man. Gino goes to Atlanta. Atlanta wins eleven games. He punched his own teammate in the mouth at training camp. God damn it! No, he got punched in the mouth by his own teammate. Oh no, he got punched. Oh, yeah. I thought he so delivered. It, it. So there's a caveat to the uh, Seattle. Seattle loses. You know they they become like a five one team. Yeah, yeah, you're right because they got Drizzy Lock, and they want to go get a quarterback. So, yeah. all right. That's it for my first round of bowl predictions. Obviously, this is the end of season 10, which the NFL just ended yesterday. You will hear a lot of this shit from um, when free agency opens in 15 days. No, 20 days. March 13th. About a month. Exactly a month. Holy shit, Chris. I turned 20. I turned 29 in, in 35 days. Oh geez, I'm uh, I don't know what you're doing hanging around around me, dude. I'm I'm too young. <laughs> you're 25, man. I know, <laughs> almost. All right. All right, so there's that. So like, we'll we'll let you guys go with that one. Um, obviously we'll be doing more college basketball talk as we're going in NBA, MLB preview stuff like that, free agency and draft. So for those of you who are new to the corner booth experience, and as Chris is being, this is his first go around the offseason. We um, generally take a little hiatus between Super Bowl Monday and um, NFL free agency, usually with our season one, I mean, our our season kickoff party, like first Thursday in March, right? So for the first time since July of 2020, the corner booth pregame will be taking its first night off this Thursday. Since 2020, we haven't missed a Thursday. Or we might come back. We haven't decided yet. We're going to take a little company meeting after this. Yeah, but we are not going to do a show Tuesday or Monday of next week or Monday, Tuesday, the week after. I feel like the boys have earned it. We are going to be working on some new things, new graphics, new segments, new intro video, everything. Um, season, I believe, what is the first the first th- uh, Thursday in March? I believe. Tear it on. March 7th. March 7th is the first Thursday. There you yeah. go. March 7th is the, cor- is the corner booth season 11 kickoff where you guys are going to realize we're going to go through some changes going into season 12. I mean, season I might, 12. I might come in with just a mustache. I don't know. I, I'm so fucking for that. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, my, I might like, you might, I might not even go by Chris three weeks time. I might just be Melvin. I might Chris just call Mr. Do. Chris stops. Ooh. 
Porzangis. Like that. There you go. We gotta find right. you a new one. Yeah, we gotta find me. Yeah, we gotta find me a uh, a new one. But that being said, um, <clears throat> updates will be passing as I stop try to stop coughing. I'm fine, by the way. Sometimes we put on the wrong pipe earlier. That being said, Chris, any other thoughts uh, on this NFL season as we put it to bed? Um, no. I mean, it was an interesting year. Um, not really interesting for the Eagles, but interesting, um, I guess, uh, in general. I mean, we Taylor Swift is a part of the NFL now. Um, their the viewership just skyrocketed. Yeah. Um, we got a bunch of new young quarterbacks in the league. Um, I'm looking forward to free agency in the draft. So um, it's bittersweet. It sucks. I hate when the NFL ends because, like, there goes through, like, a few weeks where, like, it's it's hard to talk about sports because, you know, yeah. football is over. But college basketball is coming this, on. So um, This is the – you know what's the best part is, buddy? This is where we get creative. Yeah. This is where some of the best segments of all time have been birthed because of our creativity in the offseason. Yeah, we're 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 pretty good at that. I can see I can see us whipping up some good ones in the next couple of weeks. Like I said, I might I might come in with like a mustache and like a tattoo or something, like a fireball tattoo, like a fake tattoo, like a fucking Mike Tyson shit right here. Yeah, I might I might get like a fireball on my neck, like Cody Rhodes. Thanks, thanks, Brad. Appreciate it, man. Listen, Brad has also been a guest on the podcast. He actually co-hosted me a couple times back in season nine, so. Gotta Shut show up, some love to him. Yeah. Former uh temporary corner booth co-host there, Brad, uh from Unbearable Sports. By the way, check them out. I'm not a selfish bastard. Even if you're not belly up with us no more, you are still a friend of the show, Mr. Brad. So check out Unbearable Sports on everywhere you get your podcast and YouTube. Um, all right, Chris. I think it's time to send these lovely folks home for the sun for the summer. Jeez. Um well, no, I- no, I'm just kidding, kids. We'll see you in March. Um yeah. Who knows? We might do a couple of live shows. We don't know yet. We're, we're, we'll let you. You'll know. You'll know. You'll know Thursday morning. Um, that being said, folks, we have. Hope you have a great night. Congratulations to the Chiefs and their fans. Um, it's college basketball, hockey, basketball, and baseball season. The Masters until, too. Until uh, and Matt. Oh, Masters too. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to have some fun getting some variety in. Uh, This is my fifth offseason now. So it's going to be fun. Actually, no, this might – yeah, this is my fifth offseason. So, cool. Are you a free agent? How long are you under contract for? Um, I've renewed my contract twice already. So I'm here for a while. Yeah, I need – I'm still in a rookie deal. No, you did. We just gave you an extension. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I got thirteen years, three hundred and thirty-five million. So yeah, I'm pretty sad. In, in Monopoly dollars. In Monopoly, yeah. Every time it's so funny. Every time I log on to Streamyard, I hop on here, I get two hundred dollars. Yeah, and they all got they all got like winky faces of Mike Wink yeah. uh, of uh, Chris winking back at himself. Uh huh. I, I actually just did purchase Pennsylvania Ave. <laughs> that's what Chris is not going to call his studio now. Yeah, Pennsylvania Ave. Yep. Chris, we're going to get you a big sign for behind the door right there. It says Pennsylvania Ave. Oh, my God. I can't wait for a Ladies and gentlemen, have an amazing night. We will see you guys 
Thursday. Either this Thursday or next Thursday. We won't tell you until it's too late. No, I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll let you know. But that being said, uh, I'm Jerry Clem for Matt. Oh, we never read off. Fuck, we never read off Matt's take. Oh, we shit. We're horrible co-hosts. We shit. got rolling. Oh, my God. Matt, Don't. I hope you're not listening. All right, we're going to read off Matt's quick. Um, when Shanahan seemed like a, he could coach in the big game that matters, he falls short again. Uh, bingo, bango, boingo. Yeah, and uh, he's tired of hearing about Michael Hardman going to the goddamn, leaving the goddamn Jets and the Jets fucking up. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read this one verbatim. Travis Kelsey has been a prima donna dick this entire year. How do you put hands on Andy Reid? That's true. That is true. He did. He he bull rushed him. He shoved him, and then he tried to cover up saying how much he loved him. That's a lie. I know, right? Brock Purdy had a very on par game: two fifty five, one tutty. Trick play, we call that. Wasn't CMC's pass one? Uh, yeah, I know. He just basically goes on a rant and he goes, In conclusion, I was inebriated. I was enjoying the game as I tried to read that. And like the grammar and the sentence punctuation just fell off. That being said, he wrote these down last night. Um, yeah, Matt was pretty much on point with us as I just cliff notes the fuck out of that. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it. Right. Maddie, buddy, we love you. Uh, Matt will be back, obviously, for the next episode. Um, this has been episode 279 of the Corner Booth, uh, season 11 in the books. We will be back soon. All right. Later. Idiots won football game, guys. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.